Welcome to my podcast, The Cross in the Desert, speaking hope and freedom to Iran. I'm your host, Randy L. Noble, and I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life to join me on this podcast. The podcast, The Cross in the Desert, is a voice, it's a platform to be a voice for the rights of the Iranian people who are oppressed under a dictatorship government. These are not just people I know about. I know them intimately. They are my best friends on Facebook. The books that I write are the stories of their struggles for freedom. And in many cases, stories of being a refugee, leaving Iran for other countries. Today on the broadcast, I want to talk to you about President Trump, a voice from the Iranian people, and it's from my book, Dear God, Please Bring Freedom to Iran. Here recently, tensions are building in the Middle East. Iran has attacked the oil fields of Saudi Arabia with 25 drones and missiles, and now The Trump administration, with our ally, Saudi Arabia, are considering a strike against them as well, retaliatory action. You know, before that, there was the Straits of Hormuz, where the Iranian government is detaining ships, British tankers, and and kidnapping them and holding them hostage, if you will. So tensions are escalating in the Middle East as the Iranian regime, the Islamic Republic of Iran, continues to spread their tentacles of terrorism in the Middle East and now are trying to provoke a war with the Trump administration and the United States. I want to talk about this to you this morning in the context of human rights. In my book, Dear God, Please Bring Freedom to Iran, I've written on the subject of President Trump, a voice for the Iranian people. And I want you to hear my views on this because it's so important because these are my friends. And I want this regime to be overturned. I want democracy and freedom to come to Iran. So let me read to you this morning from my book and see if you agree. June 2009, Tehran, Iran. The streets of Tehran are filled with thousands of angry and disgruntled Iranians outraged at what they believe was a rigged ballot box by the corrupt government. President Ahmadinejad has surprisingly won a second term as president and Iranians are convinced that the government hijacked the election in a deliberate attempt to ensure his re-election. The Iran Revolutionary Guard and members of the Besiji, a paramilitary group, have descended on the protesters and turned a peaceful demonstration into a bloodbath. Desperate for the world to hear their cries for freedom, the protesters are being videotaped on cell phones and you can hear them chanting, President Obama, are you with the mullahs? Are the Iranian people? Unfortunately, The Iranian cries for support fell on deaf ears, much like they did in 1978, when President Carter betrayed the Shah at a critical time, forcing him to eventually seek Egypt as his exile. Once again, reminiscent of 1978, 
President Obama ignored the Iranian people and watched them from abroad as the dictatorship government murdered its people for simply voicing their opinions against a corrupt election. However, on July 14, 2015, President Obama shocked the world by signing a nuclear agreement with Iran, resulting in the lifting of sanctions against the government. While thousands of Iranians continued to suffer torture and death in dirty prisons from protesting against the election of 2009, Obama rewarded the mullahs with more than $150 billion in sanction relief money, which in turn was used to finance terrorism across the Middle East, funding Hamas and Hezbollah. The Obama administration completely ignored the brutal torture and gross violations of Iranian human rights and instead lined the pockets of mullahs with billions of dollars in a cash deal that would eventually empower them to develop nuclear weapons. The key word in describing Obama's action toward the mullahs is the word appeasement. His disregard for human rights resulted in a policy of appeasement and enrichment for the sole purpose of creating a legacy behind his own name. Obama wanted to be remembered as the president who, quote, brought stability and peace to the Middle East through a deadly policy that ignored the brutal treatment of the Iranian people for the sake of simply having a legacy. In November 2016, Donald J. Trump captured the presidency after a landslide victory over Hillary Clinton. Things were going to be radically different. There was a new sheriff in town. The very next year, Trump tore up the nuclear deal with Iran and reversed the policy with that government. He once again implemented sanctions in order to bring the evil regime to its knees. He then made a huge announcement with a powerful tweet on Twitter, as was his custom, bypassing the fake news media. Quote, The future of Iran belongs to its people. They are rightful heirs to a rich culture and an ancient land, and they deserve a nation that does justice to their dreams, honor to their history, and glory to God. Instead of appeasement for the sake of a legacy, Trump called the government of Iran to accountability for their actions. His tweet shocked the Iranian world. Here was finally a president showing support for the people instead of the mullahs. There was a swift response to Trump's tweet by Iranians on Twitter. Thank you, Trump. You saved Iranian people's future. We, the people of Iran, have been held hostage by a murderous regime for more than 40 years. We are the main victims of its atrocities. Now, there is a chance with the help of the President of the United States, we break our chains and set ourselves free. We are hostages, but not anymore. Well, for the first time in eight years, the Iranian people finally had a voice, and it was Trump. By December of 2017, they were feeling the backlash from the new sanctions. Their economy was rapidly collapsing, and they began to take to the streets. A young Iranian woman named Vida Movahad stood up on a utility box in the center of Tehran, removed her hijab, and put it on the end of a stick 
announcing to the watching world that she was protesting against the compulsory hijab law. Her actions immediately gained worldwide attention, and many other desperate Iranian women joined her cause. Their movement earned them a nickname, the Girls of Revolution Street, and even men joined into the cause. Soon after Vida's action, she was promptly arrested and placed into solitary confinement in Evan Prison, where she spent 30 days being tortured and interrogated. Iranian freedom fighters, angered by the hostile actions of the government and exhausted from almost 40 years of oppression, took to the streets, protesting against the horrible economic chaos. They confronted the government for their terrorist commitment to the Syrian people caused by backing Assad and shouted against their strong ties to Palestine. They could be seen wearing bandanas and masks covering their faces, shouting, Death to Kameni, and burning his picture displayed on posters. The government steeped, stepped into the peaceful demonstrations and began firing on the protesters who had no weapons other than their loud voices and cardboard signs in their hands. Outraged by the hostile and murderous actions of the government, Trump wasted no time but took to Twitter and displayed his solidarity with the Iranian people. Quote, Many reports of peaceful protests by Iranian citizens fed up with regime's corruption and its squandering of the nation's wealth to fund terrorism abroad. Iranian government should respect their people's rights, including the right to express themselves. The world is watching. End quote. It was obvious now that the Iranian people had finally found a voice, a president who would support them and stand behind them. This president was definitely with the people instead of the mullahs. United Nations ambassador at that time, Nikki Haley, also publicly pledged her support behind the Iranian people in a powerful speech, quote, The people of Iran are crying out for freedom. All freedom-loving people must stand with their cause. We must not be silent, end quote. Here was a president and his administration that was committed to the human rights of the Iranian people. There would be no more appeasement and no more billions of dollars donated to the Mullahs to fund their worldwide terrorism. The strategy of the Trump administration was straightforward and direct. Dry up the cash flow and funds that enrich the Mullahs, bankrupt their terrorist regime and bring them to their knees so that the people would rise up and take their country back. In almost every city in Iran, Iranians were mobilizing their protests, energized and inspired by the support of President Trump. Through the first few months of February 2018, they stormed the streets, raised their voices, and confronted a corrupt government. In the end, the regime had arrested over 30,700 protesters and brutally murdered 21 of them. Trump continued to voice his support for the people of Iran by once again using Twitter as his platform. Quote, such respect for the people of Iran as they try to take back their corrupt government. You will see great support from the United States at the appropriate time. Close quote. While the Iranian people were driven by the passionate support of President Trump, unfortunately, they were also suffering from the results of increased sanctions.
A few months later, in August of 2018, truckers all across Iran went on a strike reacting to the deplorable work conditions and failing to receive paychecks for their hard work. The government stepped in and arrested 200 truckers and publicly announced that they would implement the death penalty against 17 of those activists. The government viewed their strike as, quote, fighting against God. In November of 2018, Trump implemented the harshest part of the sanctions against the government. The United States threatened to penalize buyers of Iranian oil, reducing their exports to zeros. They blacklisted 50 Iranian banks, their national airline, and 65 aircraft. As a result of this action, the U.S. was now in a position to seize Iranian assets. Trump demanded that they abandon their ballistic missile development and stop supporting militant groups in Syria and Yemen. Twenty countries pledged their support to the sanctions, cutting their imports of Iranian oil, thereby shrinking their exports by one million barrels a day. The November sanctions really were a death blow to a dying economy and a bewildered government struggling to maintain their control of the Middle East. This year has marked the 40th anniversary of the Islamic Republic of Iran since the bloody revolution that forced the Shah out of power into exile. I believe that this is the year of the long-awaited freedom for the Iranian people. They are desperate to retake their Persian homeland and to rid it of the oppressive tentacles of Islam that has suffocated them for centuries. I believe God is hearing the cries of my Iranian friends. He has answered their shouts and cries for freedom by giving them an American president that would be their voice and not turn his back on them like Carter did in 1978. I believe another revolution is on the horizon in Iran and a weakened and desperate evil regime could very well collapse within the next year. So what am I asking you to do? Please join me in speaking out and diligently praying for the Iranian people that God will intervene and bless them with a new government that will respect their human rights and give them freedom. We must not be silent. I believe that what's happening now in the Middle East could spark an overthrow and that democracy and freedom will one day soon free my Iranian friends from the chackles and chains of a dictatorship. I want to thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Remember, the podcast is here on Spotify and other platforms is also on Facebook. God bless you. Have a great week. I will see you once again on the cross in the desert.